Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron. I hope you're having a great day today. We're going to look a continuing series on the Dead Sea Scrolls. This is part two of hopefully a four-part series on the Dead Sea Scrolls. We're using the Open Study Bible, one of the older editions that had the archaeological supplement in it for our basis. A lot of great information on the Dead Sea Scrolls. Hey, check out our past videos as well. Excuse me, podcast. I do videos on YouTube also. All right, we're on page 1371. And it says this about the Dead Sea Scrolls. It says, other manuscripts yielding sites. So it wasn't just, you know, their Qumran. In 1952, a cave was uncovered at Murabat in another part of the desert. This yielded manuscripts chiefly from the 2nd century AD in Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic including a few texts of Genesis. Exodus, Deuteronomy, Isaiah was also found. Several Hebrew letters were discovered from the period of Simon ben Kassaba, that is, Bar Kachba, that famous revolt, who led the revolt of 132 to 135. To be in his revolt, you know, you had to cut off one of your fingers to, or part of it to show you were dedicated. A notable exception to the 2nd century A.D. date of this material is an archaic Hebrew papyrus piece, a palumpest. And a palumpest is something that was written on, erased, and written over, but people can still read through modern epigraphic methods what was written underneath it. A list of names and numbers dated to the 6th century B.C., and that's huge because there's just not that much from that old in Hebrew. In the same general area, other caves have been found. One group at Kerbet Murd, northeast of the monastery of Marsaba. These contain Arabic papyri, Greek and Christo-Palestinian Syrian documents, and fragments of biblical codices, all late Byzantine and early Arabic Another group of manuscripts date from the period of the bulk of the Murabat material. Among them is a version of the Minor Prophets in Greek and a corpus of Nabataean papyri, both of great biblical and historical importance. So now we come to excavations at Kurbat Qumran. Kurbat Qumran was excavated between 1951 and 54. This Essene community with the nearby caves proved to be the richest manuscript-yielding center. Members of the Asenic community copied these manuscripts and preserved them by hiding them in the caves. The Essenes of Kerbet Qumran, seven miles south of Jericho, near the shores of the Dead Sea, were next to the Pharisees and Sadducees in importance in sectarian Judaism. Now, we'll say the Asenic community being at Kerbat Qumran. They may have been part of it. They may have been all of it, but there is still a lot, even in the mainstream scholarly community. That's not a given. All right. This site has become one of the most publicized places in Palestine because of the phenomenal manuscript finds in the cave-dotted cliffs. Excavations at Kerbat Qumran have fully authenticated this site as the center of Asenic Judaism, as a result of the recovery of coins, pottery, and architectural remains, the story of Qumran's occupation can now be told. Four periods in the later history of the site are traced. One of the fascinating things to me, having been there, was that they had mikvahs, that they 
evidently were well acquainted with baptism and actually did ritual baptismal baths, I guess sometimes on a daily basis. A lot of speculation that John the Baptist was from Qumran as well. Uh, or was an Essene? I don't think so. And that's probably for another episode of a podcast. Period one of the period, the four periods of Kerbat Qumran extends from its founding 110 BC under John Harkanus. Those of you that have studied intertestamental Maccabean literature, you're acquainted with John Harkanus. Numerous coins of this ruler were dug up, as well as other Hasmonean rulers, including Antagonus, 40 to 37 BC, the last ruler of this line, in the seventh year of Herod, 31 BC. At this time, an earthquake apparently leveled the site. Indications are that during Herod's reign, the place was abandoned because of this antagonism, excuse me, of his antagonism. And you'll have to excuse me, I'm reading this without glasses, very small print, and I'm holding my iPhone in my hand for this recording. <laughs> and so sometimes I can't pull the page close enough to my eyes. But let's continue on, period two. Thank you for bearing with me. At Qumran, period two dates from the rebuilding enlargement circa AD 1 and Roman destruction in June AD 68. During this era in the lifetime of Jesus, John the Baptist and early Christian apostles, Qumran flourished, influencing Judaism and early Christian church. Coins have been found dating from the reign of Archelaus, 4 BC to 86, you know he's mentioned in scripture, from the time of the Roman procurators down to the second year of the first Jewish revolt, AD 66 to 70. The Roman army, which took Jericho in June, AD 68, Evidently, likewise, captured Qumran. One coin, marked with an X, belonged to the 10th legion. From arrowheads, excuse me, iron arrowheads were found in a layer of burned ash in the excavation. Qumran fell to Roman occupation. Some coins describe Judea Capta. These date to the reign of Titus, A.D. 79-81, and mark period 3 as the Roman occupation after Jerusalem destruction in AD 70. Evidence that Qumran's structures were converted into army barracks indicates that a Roman garrison was stationed there from AD 68 to AD 100. At this time, the site apparently was abandoned. One of the fascinating things that they've been able to find manuscripts, even some New Testament manuscripts there, is a uh, Roman soldier the speculation is, evidently urinated on one of the manuscripts. And because of the dry conditions, somehow the lettering went was emblazoned in the ground and they were able to get copies of it from the ground. And I can't go into all the specifics of how that was possible. In reading the story of it, it sounded quite plausible. And that's William Cooper, the authenticity of the book of Genesis and New Testament manuscripts and Dead Sea Scrolls. Great books by him on those subjects. Period 4 of Qumran. <clears throat> it's distinguished by reoccupation of the site during the Second Jewish Revolt, A.D. 132 to 135, when Bar Kochba, Simon Bar Kochba, was 
a uh, kind of a false messiah that tried to uh, get Rome out of Israel. Fascinating. Coins dating from this era indicate that there were Jews made their last stand there to drive the Romans from their country. After that, Qumran sank into obscurity. And really, I mean, it's it's basically totally desert. You can't drink out of the Dead Sea because it's got so many minerals in it. It's not drinkable per se. And so no reason for it to be there. Archae architectural remains at Qumran. The main edifice at Qumran is 100 feet by 120 and formed the communal center and hub of the complex. At the northwest corner was a massive defense tower with thick walls enforced by stone embankments. Some coins from the time of the Second Jewish Revolt, AD 132 to 135, attest to its use as a fortress against Roman power. Alongside the general meeting room is the largest hall of the main building. Here was located the scriptorium. Several inkwells of the Roman period and even some dried ink indicate that the manuscripts had been copied by the community scribes. And some feel that, you know, they came from other places as well. Also in the complex were two cisterns, artificial reservoirs, carefully plastered. There were installations for ablutions and baptisms. Of the possibly 40 cisterns and reservoirs, the bulk of them must have been used for storage of water in the very hot, dry climate. It gets about one to two inches of rain a year, if that. There's some years I think it gets none. Of great interest is the cemetery containing about a thousand burial places. Deval excavated many of these tombs. They are noted for their lack of jewelry and any evidence of luxury. And so the Essenes would have been seen as like a mystic community. you notice Jesus never mentioned, he mentioned Herodians, scribes, Pharisees, um, Sadducees, uh, publicans, you know, tax collectors, but he, he never interacted with the ascetic community. Some try to say he did, but it, it, this doesn't seem like it from the four Gospels. Well, that concludes part two. We'll be joining part three tomorrow, 7.30 a.m. or whenever you can listen to it. Hey, please subscribe. We'd love for you to do that. Listen to our playlist. Also, you might want to think about getting a little a diary out or something. And most of the uh, programs are only three to 15 minutes long. Jotting down a couple sentences, and I'm going to tell you, somebody tries to confront you about the invalid claims of uh, Christianity or scripture, you know, you'll be able to say, hey, what about Jericho? What about the Dead Sea Scrolls? What about, you know, uh, Mount Gerizim? What about these other things that show so conclusively that the Bible is an accurate historical document? So God bless you. We love you. Please continue to pray for the ministry. Join us over on YouTube, New Life of Albany, also New Life of Albany, Georgia, Facebook, newlifeofalbany.com. God bless you richly in Jesus' name.